Do you find carving out time for self-care difficult? Are you fascinated by the human experience and why we do what we do? During today's meal, we wrap up our discussion with Lauren Elder. We discuss how she practices self-care, why she loves what she does, and what her dream project is and how she's manifesting it, which reminds me of today's behavior bite. The majority of my adult life, I lived under an all-consuming, soul-crushing weight of student loans and monthly bills higher than the money coming in. It literally drove me to work all of the time, and oftentimes multiple jobs. Also, I definitely did not splurge, ever. When I was 28, I made a list, 30 before 30, of things I wanted to accomplish. Granted, I'm over 30 now, but last year I was able to cross off the last item. Go to a restaurant that you can't just drive to. So, last summer, Alan and I boarded a lobster boat for an hour ride to a fancy dinner at Turner Farm in North Haven, Maine. It really felt amazing that after all these years, my hard work was finally paying off. I will hold this memory close for the rest of my life. Welcome to Behavior Bites with Rosie Eats, where we share a virtual meal with behavior analysts, psychologists, educators, and other helping professionals. Building a community can be hard when you're always pouring into others. So pull up a chair, grab your favorite food, and let's dig in. Hello, hello. I'm your host, Rosie, and we are jumping back into our meal with Lauren Elder. Let's dig in. I know we had a quick dessert, but we still had one more entree that came out of the kitchen. If there were no barriers or constraints, what would your dream project be? Well, I hope that I'm I'm organically getting there. A huge problem, I think, I I don't think it's just my community, but I can talk on my community, is that access for my the families that I serve that have neurodiverse children, having access to social opportunities, like health opportunities, uh, places where they feel safe to go with their kids are small and far between. And then I think it even goes as far as like me as an individual, you know, it took a really long time for me to find a safe space where I wanted to, you know, access my, my value of health. And so um, there's so many barriers to that. And I think, one of the things that I would love to see is just that encouragement and access increase. And I would love to be a part of that. So like shaping my practice to kind of be more integrative with physical movement and active course and like, you know, encouraging applied nutrition. I mean, we know that most of our kids struggle with segmented sleep and they struggle with, Mm. you know, not having access to healthy food choices or their their sensory system can make it really difficult for them to um, eat the things that they should be eating so they feel their best. Mm. Um, and I would really, really love to support all of the communities that I work with in, in their quest to reach their most optimal health. Because I think even the most challenging cases that I've worked with, it's the commonality of, of knowing all of the things that you should be doing, but not having access to those things. So I definitely would love to just branch out and be able to provide that at like a low cost to kids, families and individuals who just truly want to 
you know, live a more like vitality life. I always think of the word vitality when I think of my work in more health behavior, like that should not be a privilege. People should be able to access their most optimal health. And, and so that's like, I feel like the bigger umbrella of my work, I just don't know how to, to get there yet. Right. But, uh, it's, um, it's my quest. And so I'm gathering information and, and slowly growing that way. And we'll see if we get there or maybe I can't, I don't know. Um, but that would definitely be, that would be the goal and collaborating with more people in, in that realm, which is interesting thinking about what I said to you when we talked about this before I came on the podcast and I actually didn't have that in my life, but it was a dream. And, and in the last few weeks, I started, you know, collaborating with my gym and providing that health behavior, coaching, uh, act-based, ABA-based. So it's kind of cool to see that organically unfolding. So hopefully I'll get there for our families and kids, but it'll be slow rolling. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're, you're kind of already on the road to it. And then also I think anyone has the power to kind of work towards their goals and like manifest things that they really want. Um, but I also think people have varying degrees in their ability to manifest, if that kind of makes sense. And that might depend on like how much they truly believe it. I know this is super not behavioral analytic and it's all like hippie dippy stuff. You know, I like that stuff. So it's fine. <laughs> I know, but that, that's where I'm leading of like, I also think you are one of those people that truly believe in manifestation mm-hmm. and really shooting your like shooting your shot on like your goals and so I think that you are going to get there as long as that is something that you really want and something that's going to serve you and your community like as a whole like if it's going to push you to like burn out or anything the universe probably isn't going to let it happen but if there's a way I mean we're going to talk about burnout in a second (laughs) but if there's a way that you can do it that serves you and the community then I think it's going to happen yeah and plus what is what is manifestation other than like envisioning your values right and then making it Mm -hmm. happen you know it's and and you know I don't believe in manifestation without committing to action to get you there you know and I think that's a fine line so you know I guess manifestation can be behavior analytical or you know we can talk about it (laughs) well I was (laughs) I was gonna go back and say actually I think manifesting can be super behavior analytic if you just change the words around. So if you... It's all play on words. um, Let's be real. (laughs) Yes. Like if you just work on your antecedent modifications and your environmental modifications, which then lead to a change in behavior for yourself and the people around you, then of course that leads to ABC, leads to your consequences and the consequences are the goal that you were shooting for. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> now this can be a CU because I talked about behavioral analytic things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, why not? <laughs> JK, JK. Maybe one day. That's There you go. There's a goal for me. I want to be able to provide like CUs on some of these. On manifestation. <laughs> well, no, just on like on the podcast in general. But I like being able to just kind of talk about whatever I want to talk about and not... Right. Keep right. it to like the fine lines of a CEO. But back to your dream project. I think I think you're on the road to it. I mean, you're already kind of doing some of it. So yeah, and and in my with my private practice, um, you know, I I implement a lot of like Dr. Kolu's safety model, 
Um, and so mm. she focuses on like the behavioral cusps and protective factors to resist re-traumatization. And it's all health. It's all health barriers, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of my my private clients, they're used to me coming over and and checking in on how they've been sleeping and how they've been eating. And if they want to move their body that day, then we prioritize that. Or if they need to rest, then we prioritize that, you know? And so mm-hmm. um, that's that's been like one of my favorite parts of the work that I'm doing privately is really being able to embody some of those things and like dip my toes in and kind of see like, you know, mm-hmm. how, how is this working in my community? And um, it's it's been really cool to see. So I definitely plan on continuing and I hope it grows to be a location or just to encourage and empower my families to know the benefit of those little teeny behaviors that I encourage in their kids and, and apply to themselves too. So, you know, mm-hmm. and applying it to themselves. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Always, always. Yeah. <laughs> to the parents that are constantly getting their kids snacks, but they haven't eaten themselves. Yeah. 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 Work on those too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we are at our dessert. We have two desserts. Um, so how do you practice self-care through all of this? Self-care is like really challenging for me because I found myself trying to learn about self- what self- I guess searching for like what self-care was or looking for guidance and what self-care was in like all the wrong places, like in like fitness accounts that and I don't I don't want to say that in a way that like, you know, I follow a lot of fitness accounts that I enjoy and love, but like I, I had too much focus on what self-care looked like, like um observably, right? So that external environment piece of, of self-care was like my only understanding of it. And it it really spun me in a really unsafe place, especially internally, because you know, it's it just it was really complicated to care for yourself when you're ignoring your body communicating things because it's not on you know gonna allow you to look a specific way um and so not only that but like I just think in our society self-care is really really challenging at its core and what it really should be has so many environmental barriers so self-care for me is like it's one of the biggest pieces of my advocacy, but it's also simultaneously like one of the biggest challenges in my life because it's, you know, mm. and, and I think that's just the, what it is. It's like, we're going to deal with all of these competing stimuli when it comes to trying to care for ourselves. And like, how are you going to handle that? And I think that act has really helped me navigate that piece because it's like, with that self-care, there's always going to be a source of we'll use the word suffering just for the sake of act, but like, there's going to be the, I wish I could do it this way, or I wish it looked this way, or I wish it felt this way, but like self-care is what it is, right? It's, it's you being able Mm. to tap into what your body needs and to access that. And so when I looked at it more from that lens, I was able to set like firmer boundaries of like, what is my goal of self-care? Like, what is that? What does that behavior look like? Like, how would I define that? And then how does it actually occur in my day to day. So looking at like, you know, I know for a fact, me as a human, like I need to move every day or I do not feel myself and I can get very much in my head. But I also shouldn't be moving if my body is in survival mode because I haven't eaten enough. Right. And so when I was working as an educator, like lunch, what was lunch? Like I worked from 
nine in the morning until 3 p.m. And I, I experienced burnout on a daily basis and I normalized it because I didn't set the boundaries that I needed in my work, in my day-to-day life to make sure that I was doing the things that I needed to do to care for myself, you know, and I would go home and I would go to the gym and I would be on five hours of sleep and I don't know, maybe 600 calories wondering why I would feel like garbage, you know? And so I think that that act piece has been a huge part of my self-care and I would argue it's probably the foundation of it. And um, you know, I had to really work hard at it um, just because when you don't do it enough, you're almost in like a deficit. Like you need to get your body back mm-hmm. to a, a healthy baseline, you know? So I'm definitely conscious day in and day out of like, all right, like, did I eat enough? Did I sleep enough? Did I do all these things? And and like I said, like, I emphasize this in the work with my parents and my kids too. So I should be questioning it. I should be doing the work. And and then I, I understand how friggin' it's not fun. It's not, it's not fun. Like self-care is not fun at all. And it's hard. Um, especially if you have stress or you work in a stressful job or you experience chronic stress, anything along those lines. So that's my long thing on self-care. <laughs> no, it's it it's really good. Um because well number one like I commend you for being so honest about self-care because it can be really easy to to preach it um and you know like oh you have to do self-care you have to do this like why aren't you taking care of yourself um and then not also owning up to the fact that one you're not doing it for yourself um and two that it it is difficult yeah And then also that you really get into like the nitty gritty of self-care. I mean, a lot of times when people hear self-care, they think like face masks and massages, mani-pedis, you know, all all, uh, cosmetic things. Um, And don't get me wrong. I love a good face mask. I love a good, I love a good massage. But the nitty gritty of it is like, are you sleeping enough? Are you eating enough? Did you move your body? And then essentially, like, are you contacting joy daily? Yeah. And that is like the really big piece for me. Cause like, I, I'm funny with my eating. I definitely eat. I definitely do not eat like Instagram worthy meals, every single meal. So don't, I know that's all I really post about, but that is. Nobody sees the like, let me run into my fridge and grab like literally whatever I can put in my hands in between sessions, which we all know happens. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm pretty sure yesterday I had um an easy morning. And so I made like toast. That's I've talked about toast. I talk about toast all the time. I love making different toasts. So do I. How many times can I say <laughs> toast? I don't know. <laughs> um, so that was great. But then I followed it up with my lunch, which was two Nature Valley, like peanut butter bars. That was my lunch because that's just, I spent a long time with that, Mm -hmm. with making my breakfast and all that stuff. And it was filling and it was great. But then just how the day fell and where, you know, the next place I needed to be and all of that was like, well, I can take these two Nature Valley bars with me and I'm going to eat them and get crumbs literally all over myself. Everywhere. But at least you're eating, <laughs> right? Because you have. But I ate something. Yeah. 
You have to eat. Yeah. 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 And then same with like water. I am usually really good with like drinking water, but I started noticing the last month. Yeah. I'll say the last month (laughs) I like have not drank as much water as I'm used to. And immediately I'm noticing like my face is breaking out more. And so I'm like, oh, like, what is this about? I'm like, oh yeah. Cause I haven't been getting enough like hydration. Yeah. Like let's fix that too. Right. I could throw on a face mask, but that's not going to fix that. Like my entire body is dehydrated. The root of the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think that's a good point too, is like really self-care is like taking care of like the roots of it. Right. Like we have, I don't know. I like trees. So I like metaphors, which is probably how, why I like act so much, but like, I really do see like a piece of self-care that's completely non-negotiable is like, we literally all need to sleep. We all need to eat. We all need to be able to listen to our body and our thoughts, right? And connect with others. We all need these things to survive. We need to move or, you know, our bodies become stagnant. And these are the things that like, we like as humans, like we, our biology needs to continue to allow us to grow. And so if we're working in a field that is not only physically demanding sometimes, but also so mentally demanding, of course, of course, I'm not gonna be able to do my job if I'm running on empty, you know, and I don't know about you, but in Mm -hmm. this like, self care journey and really using to kind of tap in, I have found the majority of the times that I'm upset or emotional or just like, feeling incompetent in my job, it's because I'm freaking hungry or I'm thirsty. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is like, literally, like, it took me up until like, I don't know, like, my 30th year of life to understand, like, before you freak out about your anxiety, like, did you eat? Did you eat? Yeah. <laughs> because that probably is what's <laughs> happening. So like, I think coming back to those basics, right, is like, really how I self care. Um mm-hmm. And then anything else is fine, you know? It's cool. Like, I want to treat yeah. myself and I want to do something fun because, like, I want to or I want that um, that play yeah. or that the connection, the social piece, like, whatever it is. Or I just want to look a little different and get my hair done. Like, sure, mm-hmm. that can be self-care. But, like, it's not caring for you if you're missing the things that we need to literally survive. Literally to stay alive. Yes. 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 (laughs) If you're not doing that, I mean, like that goes, that goes like far above actual like self-care. That is just like, are you making sure your human body is staying alive? Yes. You know, in order to proceed with life. And it's crazy too. Cause like, I just, I feel like something that was, I think a big reason why self-care is such a big piece of my advocacy is because I'm like, I'm in so many environments where like, we're missing the point of that, right? Where we're like, Mm -hmm. throwing all of these diagnoses or medications or like, extra things on very simple Mm -hmm. problems. And, or, you know, what would change if we did add in a little extra sleep or a little extra food, like what would happen, right? And it would probably be Mm -hmm. helpful under most circumstances. So I don't know. I think that we, society really makes things hard sometimes, for sure, especially self-care. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
I feel like we just talked about this at the book club too. Like one part we were joking that like everybody needs a snack. Just like always. I think at any point, <laughs> like everyone needs just a little snack, just a little something brightens pretty much everyone's mood. And then the second piece is just that like living in this going to be maybe this controversial. I'm not sure. Uh, I know you feel me on this of just living in a capitalistic society oh, that just yeah. values producing, 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 producing um, across the board. And I think we feel it. And that's why we constantly work and why you skip lunch. Um, mm-hmm. But that our clients are also feeling it. Our children and our learners are also feeling it with with schoolwork, with ABA demands, you know, if they have other therapy demands, you know, you need to do your OT exercises with, you know, the occupational therapist, but then also you have homework and it's just like work, work, work. And I know a lot of these things are to better them to, you know, learn more skills, but it's not really taking into, you know, into account the learner's self-care and like the bare necessities with them. And I think you speak on this a lot of that, you know, like, okay, we got sleep, eat, moving our bodies, but also like the play and the connection piece yeah. to it is really important. Um, and that's not always valued or even taken into account with a lot of our learners. Yeah, that's, that's a hard piece. And like, yeah, I definitely do hear you on the capitalistic society. But like, if I keep going on that, I'll spin us into a third episode. Um, like literally, because it's, it's, I think something that's so frustrating with me with self care. And again, it's like a big part of my advocacy, because if anybody follows me, they know, like most of my posts are very like, journal prompt in nature, because it's truly Mm -hmm. me just like speaking on how hard it is to do the work that people just throw at us. Like it's easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to, as a parent with a child with needs, uh, whether neurotypical or not, really, like, to for somebody to say to them, well, you should sleep more. Well, they they can't because, right? And it's like, it's people yeah. are just make it seem like, well, you should just do this. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. if I could, I totally would. But there are barriers there, right. right? And like, God, I mean, trying to figure out the way that I work and thrive as somebody who is definitely a little neuro- neurodiverse. I don't have any official diagnoses, but like, I can say mm-hmm. I'm not very neurotypical and in nature. Um, I think my therapist would agree. <laughs> but like <laughs> with that, you know, like it's really hard to to get our needs met. And it's and it's really hard for people to understand how hard it is when a need is not met. Like it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, self-care is such a such a challenge. And to your point about productivity, and I don't have the exact research to quote, but like when I open my eyes to like the barriers in our environment, like other countries are not doing this, right? And people mm-hmm. have access. They work places where they acknowledge that if you are burnt out, your brain is not working in the way that mm-hmm. it should. And therefore your your productivity is ineffective. Um, you're just a, a, a moving item, checking boxes, uh, you know, and not the whole entirety that we could be if we were regulated. Um, so again, I could yeah. literally just go on about this forever and ever and ever. But that's what I have my Instagram. For. 
I know. I, I know I was opening that that little can of worms because I because I also talk about it. Um everything goes hand in hand. I said this with um earlier, but everything kind of like goes hand in hand that you know, capitalism goes hand in hand with racism, which goes hand in hand with sexism, which goes hand in hand with ableism. So we can't avoid it. Yeah. And like, we're missing, like, what is it that everybody's looking for, right? Like they're looking for a sense. I want to say, according to like a lot of the research too, like we're all looking to get our needs met, right? But then we're being pulled in so many directions that are pulling us away from getting those needs met. And then of course, like, you know, we're not going to find acceptance there. We're not going to find regulation there. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Don't spend me too far, Rosie. I'll I'll lose it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. And then I was trying to remember, um, I just Googled it real quick because questions need to be answered. Burnout leave is available in the Netherlands and then maybe also Germany. Mm -hmm. Just imagine having having that. I mean, like you can have employers definitely that are aware and are really value kind of self-care and taking time. I know that where I work, if I said like, ah, I need a day, like a mental health day, then I could just take it and that's fine. But I mean, on like a systemic change across the entire country, like how much that could really change us as like a society if I could manifest that, <laughs> right, right, a systemic then, change, that would but be. And like the concern is, right, is like we're so far away from that that, like, I mean, and I can speak for myself here. Like when I was in a state of like not accessing my self care and just super burnout and dealing with a lot of eating disorder stuff, like I didn't even know what I needed anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was just so far removed yeah. from my basic needs and how to get them met. And like, you know, the, the control strategies to try to figure it out, obviously were very disordered for me personally, but like to be able to tap into your body's communication is a skill that, you know, you Mm -hmm. have to reteach yourself if you weren't taught it as a kid. And so that's a huge barrier too to self-care, you know, it's frustrating, very frustrating. Yeah. Oh man. You're opening so many doors on my brain right now of like, also, having that um what's the word again for like the inner like being able to feel what's inside the intro interoception mm-hmm. a lot of neurodivergent individuals struggle with the inner inner say it again interoception you got it we were just yes, talking about like, i don't pronounce things right either so i can't pronounce things yeah. i hope we're right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so a lot of neurodivergent individuals struggle with with feeling that and feeling the hunger cues and like when they need to rest their body or anything like that. Yeah. And I actually like, I focus on that with my older kids who express interest in like, you know, why don't I feel better? Like, why can't, why don't I enjoy going for walks? Like, why am I so tired when I do this? Or why am I not hungry? I don't want to eat. Um, and I know I shared with you in book club, I have one kid who's always telling me to mind my own belly. And it's like, Buddy, I know I hear you, but with everything going on in your brain and body, like sometimes we don't feel hunger until it's anger. We don't feel hunger. And we all know anger is a thing. Or we don't know that we're yeah. hungry until we feel like 
true fatigue and sick, or if we're on medication that allows our, our blood sugar to be impacted by not eating for a period of time and then eating and experiencing a spike, like these things affect Mm -hmm. us, you know? Um, so absolutely that interception piece is huge. And I, you know, again, like, I don't know what version of neurospicy I am, but that is hard when you go day to day, you're in a fast paced job, you have things going on, like we're kind of shaped to ignore our body's communication because we have Mm -hmm. a product to create, or we have, you know, we have to continue to move forward to help others um, while sacrificing ourselves in a lot of ways. Oh, so many good points. But yeah, for the sake of time and our belly is getting very full off these questions, <laughs> let's get to our last dessert. So what is your favorite thing about what you do? I like I truly love my job. Um, if you ask me when I'm hungry, though, I might tell you something different. But I really, I really, truly like I value and I'm fascinated by like humans in general, even though, you know, I find myself saying meaningful things like, gosh, humans make things so difficult, or I hate humans some days. And, you know, um, but for the most part, I know that about me is a complete lie. I love humans. And I am so interested in like, how do people become the way they are? And how much control do we have over that? Right? Um, I think that like nurture versus nature, like conundrum has just been like a thought in the back of my brain since I was like two years old. And so um, Mm -hmm. I really, I learned at at a young age too, that like, you know, I I was observing a lot of patterns of addiction and self-harm behavior with uh, people within my, my community. And I remember being like, what if I end up like that? Or how do you end up like that? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even like a, I'm scared I'm going to be that way. But it's just like, what is going on for them that that is, mm-hmm. that is the, those are the choices that they're making or, um, you know, and so diving like deep into those contingencies and, uh, you know, observing others has just been something that I feel like I've always, always loved to do. And then adding the the knowledge now of like, now I understand, right? Now I understand how we can buffer that and how we can remove barriers or adjust barriers to like the best of our abilities. You know, we can only do so much, but like, I feel like my work allows me to answer all of the questions that I had as like a small child who was just kind of observing things to, to keep myself safer to keep myself informed mm-hmm. um or honestly observing others so then I could choose to do dif- differently you know unfortunately mm-hmm. that was a lot of my observations was I I can't do it the way that I'm watching people do it so how do I figure out how to do differently right. and and that that question and that like motivation has like just kind of shaped into who I am as a professional too and so like mm-hmm. I I say it a lot on my Instagram but like I really, I really do not take this work lightly. Being in people's spaces and watching what they do and hearing like what matters to them and what's hard for them, like that is a privilege. And it's also something that I don't take lightly because it's hard. And I, I think that it's, it's just something that I'm, I'm very honored to do every day, even when I'm tired. And I think that 
work is hard no matter how you do it. And I think it's pretty cool to do a job that you really feel honored to do. And and again, I know I can be hippy dippy with you, but like I do feel like as I serve my community, I'm really serving that like inner child, like that little alarm that was just a little confused. And um, you know, mm-hmm. my family would tell you that it it makes a lot of sense why I'm doing what I do now. Um, you know, I hope that I've been able to help them along the way and helping my community along the way. But I do think this work is just if you're doing it with intention, it's really, really powerful stuff. Yeah. Uh, I am a loss for words because like everything you were saying, I like, because sometimes I formulate what I'm going to say next, but everything you were saying was like what I was going to respond with, (laughs) (laughs) which is great. It's great. It's, it's a great feeling to be on like the same page with someone with a lot of this stuff. But yeah, like I get kind of like that observing piece at like a very young age and like working from a place of curiosity, which Mm -hmm. I know is something that you practice even to today, but it sounds like it was really kind of like shaped and honed, like as you were growing up more out of a place of like self-preservation of like, well, I have to observe it and I have to understand it so I can make different choices. Yeah. Yeah. But then you were able to to take that and turn it into like a positive, yeah, pretty much a positive aspect of your job, of your day-to-day job of like, well, now you're observing without judgment, but just to understand, to kind of further your learners and their families along and kind of coming from a place, again, of curiosity, but of like, of understanding and acceptance for what it is. Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, learners will say something is hard and they are immediately dismissed of like, well, it's not that hard. Just put your shoes on. And we kind of like negate the fact that, well, in their five years of life, this might be one of the hardest things that they've had to do. Like maybe their body is telling them that they need to do something else, that they need to go upstairs and they need to play because their body is telling them that they need to play. Maybe they struggle with those fine motor skills of putting on shoes. And so that really is the hardest thing that they have to do today. But to us as adults, it's like, just put on your shoes. Like I put on my shoes every day, you know, and we kind of push aside what our learners are trying to tell us and like without reading what really the underlying causes are. And it sounds like you're able from a very young age, you've been kind of honing the skill. And so you can better support them and support their families through these quote unquote difficult times of really understanding yeah. the the why behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, like, it's easy for people to get overwhelmed and like, rightfully so. Again, like, I think that my, I'm very comfortable until I hit a wall and we all do, but like, I'm very comfortable with sitting with people in their, their suffering. And I think that, you know, it sounds dramatic and it sounds dark. I think people who are fluent in act might feel more comfortable with me saying that statement, but like, that's what we're doing. And a lot of the times I run into behavior analysts that have a hard time holding that because the suffering is coming from so many avenues that it feels like, okay, this is not our scope. We can't work in these conditions, whatever. But really, young Lauren has this uh, 
memory or, you know, I have this skill of sitting there and, and, and being in very complex situations, but being able to figure out like, okay, well, like what, what need isn't being here, right? Or like, what's the function of this? And all of that comes into play, but it just can sometimes take time. And I think the biggest piece of it is to be able to sit with somebody and understand and validate that like, yeah, it might not be hard for you. And yeah, it might be something that like, we need to be able to um, build up the muscle to persevere through small tasks because toleration is a really big thing. Um, you know what I mean? And being able to tolerate what life throws at us is a big thing. Uh, but that doesn't happen until we sit with somebody in their suffering where things are hard and we figure out the pieces that need to be identified, analyzed, amplified, or removed. But I love that piece of the puzzle. And I, I really, really love being the person that like, my families know that like, whatever I open up that door to, I'm going to stay and I will be there for you unless you ask me to leave, unless you do not want me in your space and you don't provide that consent. Like, I'm going to be there. And I think that that's, to be honest, like, that's what most people need. And I think it's a, a really big privilege to have that be my work. Um, and and I can't negate the fact that, you know, being able to like go to a daycare on a Monday morning and participate in circle time and then go out to the playground afterwards, like isn't also fun for my inner child. So I do, <laughs> I do, I gotta be hippie, you know, and I know that you accept that in this space. So like, yeah. that's just, you know, I, I do a lot of this work and for like little me who would have, been really excited to know that like that this is what my life would look like I love that yeah I mean and it it's not necessarily like super hippie you know like I think being able to contact joy it's values right yeah like being able to to live in your values and contact joy on a on a daily basis I've said this before like we need to be contacting joy on a daily basis, that is one of the like best antidotes to burnout is yes. being able to find joy. But then also, I, I know I posted this somewhat recently on my Instagram, people like you who have created these safe spaces, they were created because you didn't have it. I and mean, I don't want to like put words in your mouth, but yeah. I'll say people in general that create safe spaces is because they didn't have a safe space. So instead of you know, continuing that trauma of people not having safe spaces. It's just, it's hard work, but it's such an honor to use your word, like an honor and a privilege to be able to create safe spaces for others. And so they, we can end big T trauma, little T trauma, yeah. however you want to phrase it, um, by just being that person that that is going to stay that is going to stay and sit with the people that are suffering and, and just be there, like just be there. And I think too, like I've walked into a lot of really tough cases, especially past COVID in my LLC, a lot of the kids that I was originally placed on. And I'm really happy to say that none of them are going this route anymore, but they were residential route because they, they had no other services and the families couldn't handle them. And to see like, small spurts of these families experiencing joy together and also suffering, 
right? Like as you start to build that muscle for them and they realize like, you know, in life, it's there's duality everywhere. We have joy with pain. And like, these are things that happen in life and it's, it's part of life. And I think that for my families to see, like, I know, I know 30 minutes ago, that was really scary. And we recovered from that. And like, look at us, we're experiencing joy now. And it's, we have the control to make that shift when we're intentional and aware and we're understanding of what the person's communicating and we validate them. And like, you can validate and emphasize over and over and over with people things that you want to change. And I think that's a big piece of the work too, is like in order to meet people the way where they're at, you have to be able to sit with, without control, without judgment. You need to be able to sit with accepting what their life looks like, not what you think their life should look like. Because realistically, my life experience is very different than the people that I serve. And and to expect them to do all of the things that I have access to is not always going to be possible. So being able to show them that like eliciting joy is like not something that we need to go out and do. Like we can do that right here in the same places where we're also struggling. Um, and so I think that's a piece too that I just, I really enjoy. I really enjoy when I can see caregivers come out of their own burnout and be like, God, I love my kid, even though we've been through so much, you know, I love that. I do love that. Well, on that note, we are at our nightcap. I just wanted to check in if there was anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up. No, I don't think so. Unless there's anything that you think I missed. No, I feel like we really covered. (laughs) I could keep going. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely had two heavy, heavy meals. I need to be like wheeled out of here because I'm so full. (laughs) Okay, so will you let our listeners know where to find you again? Yeah, so they can find me on Instagram mostly. Um, the holistic behaviorist, no underscores, no periods, no numbers, just the holistic behaviorist. And your website? And my website is www.theholisticbehaviorist.com. And it's really just a fast way to email me. Other than that, there's not much going on there. So <laughs> it's a beautiful <laughs> site, though. My friend did it. She did a great job. I did take a peek at it, and it's very nice. So, Lauren, thank you for sharing a bite with us. Everyone listening, please follow Lauren on Instagram and check out her website. All the links will be in the show notes and also on my website. As always, you can find me on Instagram at rosieeatsbx or my website, rosiebx.com. If you enjoy the show, please help my dissemination efforts by leaving a rating and a review so others will find it. And until our next meal, bye. Bye.